This is Savannah and Allison with Gracefield Chatter, where we talk about honoring God with our life, love, work, and relationships. Join us every other week for a little bit of wisdom and a lot of laughter. Hi, friends. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. good. It's Saturday. Thank you, God. It's a good day. It's a good day. It's a beautiful day. It is. Sunshine outside. It's a great day. Mm-hmm. The sun is shining. I went for a run this morning, which always makes me happy. It's a good oh, day. That's good. I should I just like Saturday morning runs when it's a pretty day. There's yeah. just something about it. You start off the day with exercise and the sun's coming up yeah. and the, the horses are running through the field today. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. this is just picturesque. <laughs> oh, so pretty. <laughs> oh, that's good. So what was the best part of your week? Uh, I didn't work Monday. Memorial Day. Mm. I don't even remember what I did. But I did not work. What was your best part of your week? That was a good one. Oh, um, Jonathan took me and Evie kayaking... Thursday night after he got off work, it's like four o'clock, and we did a short, a one-hour yeah. strip, and it was so fun. It's like just the perfect amount where you can get the kayaks on the truck after work, go on the river for an hour, and then by the time you get off, it's starting to chilly, get a little chilly outside, and You're it's done. time for dinner, and everybody's hungry, and she's done because her attention span isn't that long. Hey, six years old. Float for six so months. it was good, yeah. <laughs> and we saw there was still a lot of wildlife out, I guess, because people haven't started on the river yeah. much. So there was an otter swimming in the river next to us. I know. And there were like four different kinds of ducks. Jonathan was telling us about them all. We didn't know what the ducks were. No, they were colored different colors. Yeah, yep. There are different colors. There were some black ones and some white mm-hmm. ones. Yep. And it was very peaceful. So yeah, that's probably the best oh, part of my week. Good. We're hopefully going this afternoon. Oh, so fun. Yes. Please. Please don't rain. It's good weather for it because the sun's out right now, but it's still not super, super hot. Super hot. Yeah. yeah. That's what Jonathan said. He was like, anytime this time of year after work you want to go, you just let me know because this is yeah. the perfect temperature for me. Yes. <laughs> I started getting goosebumps at the end and sure. he was like, this is the best day ever. <laughs> you know, he doesn't like going when it's like 80s, 90s. Yeah, it's too hot. I don't blame him. So anyway, but yeah, it was, it was fun. We got to spend, Evie could stay with me the whole day because my mm. sister and brother-in-law had to go out of town. So I was keeping her. So she got to be with me at work and then we got to hang out afterward and then we got to go kayaking. Oh, that's a fun, fun day. Yeah. She's a good kid. Niece aunt days are niece fun days. days. Mm-hmm. Oh, what are we doing? So today we're going to talk about joy. And I realized we've done another episode on joy oh. after I prepared this one, but this is a totally different take. Yeah, I don't even remember. So I think it's we're going to have a different conversation about joy. Okay, if I go toward the old conversation, please tell me because I do not recall. I don't remember what it was either. So you'll just have to have patience with us. Right off the bat, um, first question for you is how do you define joy? I would say overwhelming, not happiness, but feeling full and light. Mm, that's a good definition. I don't know where that came from. No, but it was good. I like Thank it. You. Feeling full and light. Yeah. There's something to the fullness that yeah. I definitely think goes with joy. Because it's having a feeling of like stability and being full in a good way. Right. So that you're not easily taken down into depression or taken over to anxiety or right right, right. I think all that has to do with joy right. for sure because I was going to say happiness but you can still be unhappy and still have joy yeah and you can still be mourning and still have, still joy. have joy like sometimes there's things that hit you hard that you're not mm. going to be happy mm-hmm. but you can still have a deep settling yeah. feeling of joy yeah. I agree I agree full, full of Jesus John Piper said this in Philippians Paul talks about Christian joy as a feeling in the soul produced by the Spirit as He causes us to see the glory of Jesus Christ, who we see in the world and in the Word. 
This talk was on Right Now Media, if anybody wants to listen to the whole series. He does on Joy. It's Ooh, very good. Maybe I should do that for our next Bible study. Oh, we should. Okay. It's a good one. Remind me. Okay. Okay, good evening. So to break that down, he says, Joy is a feeling. It's not a thought or an idea or some philosophical kind of out there thing. It's something you can actually feel. He said, you know, we don't always have immediate control of our emotions. Like when a bear approaches <laughs> you on a hike, Please, no. you may feel fear right away. And some people, depending on what you choose to do with that fear that hits you right away, may become like panicky and do crazy things or run from the bear and then get attacked by the bear and eaten, right? Other people may be able to be like, ah, okay, <laughs> I know what to do with this. I need to do this, this, and this, you know? Right. But we all that fear that. <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> so that's, so anyway, he's saying, so joy is a feeling like how fear is a feeling that we can't always control when it hits us and how hard it hits us, right? But we can choose what we do because of the feelings we have. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like jealousy, you can just have a moment of jealousy and it hit you. And then mm-hmm. you can decide if you're going to sit in that jealousy or if you're going to let it go, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he did say that he thinks joy is a feeling. It's not a thought or an idea. So that was his first part of the definition is joy is a good feeling in the soul. So the next part is the soul. So where do you feel joy? In the deepest part of our body, in our soul. A pep in our step or like a physical energy. Or if you think about like when you first start dating somebody and you suddenly like don't need to sleep at night, you both can text all night long and get up the next day and you're still super excited. You know what I'm talking about? That energy, <laughs> yes, yes. that happiness, like feeling all the time. Yeah. That burns out, right? Yep. Eventually it goes away it and does. you're tired and you need sleep again. And you're like, okay, bye-bye. <laughs> so that I think is a feeling that's not in the depth of your soul. It's more of a shallow mm-hmm. excitement, right? right? So he's saying the joy is deep. It goes all the way to your soul. He didn't use that example of dating. I just thought that was a good one because good that's one. when I remember being like super energetic. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it burned out because eventually I needed sleep again. Yes. So it's a feeling deep in our soul produced by the Holy Spirit, which means we cannot make the joy deep in our souls overflow and go into every part of our lives by ourselves. Mm. It's not something we can work for or something we can earn or something we can achieve. It's something the Holy Spirit grows in us. And he grows it in us by helping us to understand the glory of Jesus, which is the next part of his definition. And so, you know, he's like, if you aren't feeling that deepest feeling of joy and you're kind of listening to this and you're like, I don't feel that fullness. I don't feel that all the way down to my soul. Um, you know, are you pursuing a better understanding of who God is? Are you trying to see and understand the glory of Jesus from different angles? Or did you just kind of stop at the basic gospel story? You mm-hmm. know, are you diving deep? Because when you do, the Holy Spirit will come along aside, beside you and be like, oh, this is cool about God. And this is cool. And look at this over here. And then yeah. as you kind of get overwhelmed with how good God is, that joy will bubble up and grow in you too. And then the best way that we understand God's the glory of Jesus is in his word and in the world around us. Yeah. God gives to us. He takes care of us. He speaks to us. He provides us with understanding of who he is. He shares stories of his glory in the Bible. So the more we read, the more we'll understand how big God is and how big his love is. And that will all develop more and more yeah. joy. Isn't it's that cool? Definitely. It's definitely cool because I'll look the last two, three months have been a whirlwind mm-hmm. with a new house. Just got married. New house. Puppy. Construction. All this stuff, so I've been so overwhelmed, and work's been crazy. And then I, Jordan would always say, like, find your joy. And yeah. I didn't really have it. Like, I was, I was quote-unquote, reading my Bible and studying and praying, but I really wasn't 
putting a lot of stuff into it. Mm-hmm. And um, when I finally did, the joy came back. Yeah. You know? It makes a difference. Mm-hmm. And I, I do the same thing. I can just pick up my Bible and read it and then put it down and go on with my day. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't do as much for me as when I sit there and I like ask God to show me what I need to see. And I have a journal and I'm ready to like write some notes down if I need to. Or I'm ready to highlight something and then pray over that specific verse. Or like that kind of leaning in makes a big difference. Absolutely. To a more simple, maybe maybe shallow version of joy. What things come to your mind first off when you think of like, this brings me joy to do this thing? To do? Or sit to, outside in the sunshine. Listen okay. to the birds on my porch with my rocking chair. Um, pet my doggy. Hug my husband. Think about Jesus. Go to church. Sing music. Okay. That's good. That's good. Let's Anything else? <laughs> I put, or I was thinking, relaxing time with my family when we're just sitting on the porch in the summer grilling burgers. Like that. Those moments bring me a lot of joy. Reading a book. Yeah. Being outside, reading a book, going for a walk, going for a run, all those things. Yeah. So what happens when you feel like you haven't gotten to enjoy those things in a while? I feel empty. My fullness of joy is dwindling. <laughs> uh-huh. I feel like I'm constantly trying to catch up on something or like there's something empty and I just feel not lost, but almost lost. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I feel like I feel exhaustion even though that's not what it is but it feels like this empty exhaustion i get grumpy kind of short with people yep i get frustrated with Mm -hmm. them Mm -hmm. yeah it just took me to the um verse that says all those that come to me will find rest yes we can get physical rest and sleep but if we're constantly exhausted and not doing the things that actually fill us with the joy of jesus we're never going to have that true rest so we're constantly going to be in that state of false exhaustion Right. Like we feeling like we need something we don't have. Right. Right. But sleep isn't necessarily it. Right. Right. <laughs> right. If you just got to follow my train of questions here, I'll, I'll loop it all together. I promise. Got you. So okay. what are your thoughts about blessings, like physical things we have in our life or jobs or they don't have to be necessarily physical, but things in your life that are blessings. What are your thoughts about those bringing us joy? I think, yes, they can. But if we put them above God, when they're all taken away, if something's taken away, it's going to affect our joy level because we're not resting in God for all our joy. Mm. So I think God gives us those to show us how much he loves us, to feel our joy more. But it's got to be watched carefully because we're so, I especially, am so easy at being like, oh, look at this, this, and this that I have. God's gave me all this. But in reality, I'd be like, God gave me him and saved me, and this is how he showed me. Yes, you know? yes. Which I, I do that. Oh, I do too, mm-hmm. all the time. And I, I agree. I've noticed the times when I switch my priorities around accidentally or when I'm mm-hmm. not focusing on the Lord as much, the same things, the same blessings in my life don't seem to bring as much joy to me. Mm, yeah, They true. don't seem as satisfying. Yeah. Whereas when I go to God first and I'm like, gosh, you're so good and I'm so thankful for everything that you've brought into my life and get that fullness mm-hmm. of soul and then I go enjoy the blessings he gives me, they bring me so much more joy. Yeah. And, you, and you're able to see so much more Yeah. after the fact when you're full of God's joy first. Oh, for through sure. Through the blessings. And I think that's part of... When you see people, like if you go on an overseas mission trip, a lot of people come back the first time and they're like, those people were so happy and they had so little. It's like, yes, but the same principle applies, is that when they're going to the Lord first, 
for that fullness of soul and they're happy with God, then the blessings that they have in their life, which may be a smaller number than we have, but it's the same analogy. Exactly. Their blessings can bring them more joy because they've already filled up with the Lord first. Yeah. So I don't think it's necessarily the ma- the amount of things we have in our life. I think mm-hmm. anybody can be distracted by anything. Mm-hmm. But when we are filling up from the Lord first, our blessings bring us more joy. Yeah, absolutely. From a cultural perspective, do you think that that's a common belief? The mm-hmm. more blessings you have, the more joy you'll feel. What do you think about this? 100% worldly. 100%. Because the world strives and strives for more money, a good job, relationships, kids, family, mm-hmm. more, more, more. And if they're not, quote, unquote, good things, they feel like the world's falling apart. Yeah. And I think it's so common. I mean, that you hear women talk about when their marriage starts getting hard. They're like, well, we just need a baby. Like, that'll make everything better. And then you get a baby, and it's like, well, we just need another baby because my baby's getting too big now, and he's not a baby anymore. And it's like, or you have tons of blessings. Like, your hands are full with blessings, and you're only looking at maybe the next one will make me more happy, Mm -hmm. you know, or make me more joyful. Mm -hmm. Same with money, for sure. We need a bigger boat, or this house just wasn't enough room for us, so we need to sell it and buy a bigger house, and we need to have more stuff in it. And, you know, it just, like, it's just a constant more and more and more. Yeah, magnetism yeah. for like, we just need more things. Yeah. Those clothes are outdated. They're not bringing me joy anymore. Right. So I need to just buy more. Like, it's constant. Right. Absolutely. And it's not that true joy. It's that surface level joy you're talking it about. It is. And um, when we finally turn around and sit there and truthfully pray to God, all our priorities are going to be realigned and those little blessings are going to be great. But it's not going to be the top of the joy train. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Words are hard today. This is going to be a a random, I didn't have this in the notes to say, but my dad the other night, he came through the house, he was getting ready to leave, and he told me and Jonathan, he was like, have you guys seen that Netflix show, I think it's called How to Get Rich, I could be wrong, I'm pretty sure that's what it's called, and it's like a six episode series, and we were both like, no, and he goes, you need to watch it, and we're like, okay, why, and he's like, because this guy's really good, he's like Dave Ramsey, and he has a lot of the same thoughts on money as Dave does, but not a Christian, but he has this wonderful, like, compassion for people. So he almost approaches his clients with, like, a counselor-type affection for them mm. and their money. It is a very good TV show. We've watched two episodes. But what I loved about it is in the first episode, he introduces you to, like, three different people. And they show him everything. Their credit cards, their bank statements, their debt, everything. So he's looking at all the numbers first, and then he goes and meets them, and then he talks to them, you know, about, like... And he sets everybody up and he asks them, like, you're the first thing you have to do is fill out this journal on what is your rich life. He's like, everybody's different. We all want our money to go toward different things. So the first thing you do is as a couple, like, sit down and write down what things matter to you. And then if you're blowing on your money on stupid little stuff or on subscriptions or like all this stuff, then we're going to cut all that down and figure out how to give your money to the direction you want it to go in. What I loved is in the first episode, he has people from a very average American income to this lady who has got a trust fund and she lives in a $2.2 million home like, and she still has no money because she's living paycheck to paycheck. Mm. And he just shows like, I loved it was such a wide example of more money is not necessarily the answer. Mm. A bigger income is not necessarily going to get you what you want. And I love that on the show because we do think that so often. Well, if we just made more money, we would not be in this situation. Or if we just made more money, we could have that thing and that would make us happier, right? Like we think it all the time, no matter what you make. That lady who's making a tremendous amount of money every month still didn't have enough for everything she wanted. 
And I think that just goes to show like where our sinful natures will take us on our own. Mm-hmm. We will just continue to want more. Mm. It's true. So shifting from a biblical perspective, what do you have any stories or characters that come to your mind when you think about blessings and joy <laughs> and how they handle things? I think of Job every single time. Oh, yeah. Because great he one. had every single blessing that he could possibly want. Family, great mm-hmm. house, great um, farm, all these animals, great servants. Everything was taken from him or he died. And mm-hmm. then his whole entire health was traumatized. And then his friends turned on him and said that it's all because of what you've done. And he still found joy in God. After everything was ripped away from him, his ultimate joy was God. Mm-hmm. I think he's a great example for physical stuff. Mm-hmm. I was trying to brainstorm, too. I think Abraham is a good example in being mm-hmm. able to leave his whole homeland and pick up and move mm-hmm. his family and everything and be pretty much like wanderers for the rest of their lives. You know, they yeah. went from tent to tent when they had a stable home. So that's a big right. choice. But I also think of um, Daniel. Mm-hmm. because he was living in exile, you know, and he's just an interesting, I love the book of Daniel. I think he's such an interesting one to study because he chose the hard route and being blatantly a follower of Christ over and over and over again and could have gotten killed so many times. And he kept choosing it. You know, he mm-hmm. kept letting the joy that he gets from God be his first priority and be like the like the source for how he was making decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, it was never a bodily fear of harm or fear of dying or needing more stuff that ever pushed his decisions. Yeah. Which I think is rare. Right. <laughs> but it also just takes a lot of courage to do that. Right. And then I think of Mary. Oh, Mary's good. Yeah. Because she, a young teen, clearly a virgin. Mm-hmm. No one believed her. Her own family didn't believe her. Mm-hmm. But she had the joy of the Lord living inside of her. Yeah. And that's what kept her going. Yeah. It was so true. Mm-hmm. And that's someone else who didn't have a lot of things and probably mm-hmm. didn't for the rest of their lives. I mean, people in Nazareth were not known to have a lot of money. So, yeah. <clears throat> But to have such a joy and a faith at such a young age and also yeah. to choose what God had told her over what everyone around her believed, like that's a yeah. big deal. Yep. So I read this quote by Eugene Peterson in his book, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction, that I just read recently. And it says, The easiest thing in the world is to be a Christian. Being a Christian is what we were created for. The life of faith has the support of an entire creation and the resources of a magnificent redemption. The structure of this world was created by God so we can live in it easily and happily as his children. What are your thoughts on this take? I have never heard someone as a Christian talk about it being easy to be a Christian. But I read that and thought it was kind of interesting. It is kind of interesting. I would have not described it as easy initially, but I think the closer you get to God, it's still going to get hard, but it's easier for you to find Him. Yeah, I agree with that. Now, if I looked at it from the world, it is not easy. But I guess if you're looking at it as through a biblical lens at the world, it is easy. But no, I've never heard of that. So he goes on later in the chapter. I'll give you a little hint now of kind of how he talks about it being easier. And this, I think... You'll probably agree with it too, but I had never heard it described that way. But he goes on to talk about if you think about like living a life of sin against what God has asked you to do, living in rebellion, living for yourself, being selfish, pursuing whatever you want, the consequences of those choices are so much 
harder on you mm. than the consequences of following God. Yeah. Because God has set up his people in a world he created that if they choose to follow him, the consequences are going to continue to get better. Like you just said, if we keep pursuing him next time, it gets easier to pursue it. If you take one step of trust and he comes through next time he asks you to take another step of trust, it's easier, right? Mm, So it gets easier. It's not that being a Christian is easy, but it's that the consequences of being a Christian are easier than the consequences of living for yourself. Yeah. And I was like, well, that I've never thought of it that way. Wow. But I do think that's true. That makes me think of James where it says, count it all joy when you come into trials and tribulations. Because yes. it's trials and tribulations that's push you closer to God. He's going to fill you with more of his joy. Mm-hmm. So it's part of the world if you're living as a Christian. So it's wow. hard work, but the consequences are better and make it easier for you to keep following God. Wow. He's refining you. Yeah. Wow. Which is crazy, right? Crazy. Think of it that way. But that also goes against the pursuing things of the world and pursuing things you want yeah for the blessings that you think will make you happier yeah. <laughs> whereas if you follow god and kind of put yourself to this side not kind of but definitely put yourself to the yeah. side um it's a kind of at first yeah. it's okay <laughs> it's true Work we're not successful at first yeah, that's put right. it that way but you don't kind of do it you fully yeah. do it <laughs> but if you choose god over yourself the consequences of that will be more of a blessing to you than the physical things you think will be a blessing to you. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is interesting. And your entire mind will shift on what's an actual blessing. Oh, yeah, for sure. He said later, the blessings that are promised to, pronounced upon, and experienced by Christians do not, of course, exclude difficulties. The Bible never indicates that. But the difficulties are not inherent in the faith. They come from the outside in the form of temptations seductions and pressures Mm. which i agree with 100 i think when you're walking with god that part is not hard it's when you have to go into the world and face temptations Mm -hmm. face persecution because Mm -hmm. of the choices you're making Mm -hmm. face pressure from other people Mm -hmm. that's the hard part Mm -hmm. he's absolutely right it's not following god it's the simple nature it's denying yourself and deciding like okay i'm not gonna buy this pair of shoes because you're right that's not a good place for my money and then you go to work and someone has them and someone else has them and they keep telling you it's so worth the money and right Right. exactly (laughs) that's that's such a small thing in our minds against the world or in the world but god could be using that 30 to 150 whatever you um (laughs) for something that's gonna exponentially grow the kingdom of god right or your joy in our Sunday school class, when they gave that example of they had like a random pop-up Bible school program thing they needed for a week in Canada, and yeah. they needed volunteers. And they said the people that were able to step up in a short notice were the ones who had banked their vacation days mm-hmm. and had money saved up specifically for missions. Oh. That is cool. And so when you spent all your money on the shoes, you know, that's a little thing. You mm-hmm. could just put that $30 in your missions account. Mm-hmm. So when something comes up, you can be like, oh, I have money to do this. Mm-hmm. I can go. Right, right. And mm-hmm. then the joy that you get from giving that money to something that's going to grow the kingdom of God fills your joy. Oh, and yeah. it's like a continual increasing cycle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What okay. would the issues done? Eventually, they're going to get dirty and lose a soul. Eventually. Could look cute in the process. I'm a girl who loves shoes. <laughs> But that $30 can be used better. I agree with you. That's right. That's right. I just use the example of shoes because that's a hard one for me. Yes. But not all shoes and buying shoes are bad, okay? Healthy first. Yeah, you need some shoes. Don't hurt your back. Get new shoes. Just don't go crazy. Yeah, you don't need five of them in different colors. Okay. Preaching to myself. Okay. 
Fun to help you today. Thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks. That convicting bit of honesty. What do you expect? <laughs> From okay. you, nothing else. Nothing, right? <laughs> okay. John fifteen eleven says, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you, and then your joy may be full. Which is literally, like, I didn't yeah. even put that in here knowing what we were going to talk about today, but that's literally sums up everything that we just talked about. Mm -hmm. That his truth and his joy can remain in us, that our joy can be full. Full. We want to be full. Full. And I didn't even know that I didn't read this. I know. And I had said fullness, so that's kind of crazy. It is crazy. Okay. So I read like a page of what she sent me. You did, but you told me you read the first page. That is what you said. I did. And then I forgot. Oh, it's fine. (laughs) So, another question for you. Have you heard the verse, or just heard Christians say, the joy of the Lord is my strength? Do you remember the context? You did say Nehemiah. Mm -hmm. I don't vaguely remember. um, He had just gotten the rights to go and rebuild the temple or Mm -hmm. something. And he was getting opposition from all around him. And the people that were helping him build were not as excited as he was or something. And he said... (laughs) You're doing Find really good. Joy. I haven't even read Nehemiah, y'all. I'm a really bad Christian. <laughs> no, you're not. But this is from Allison yes. encouraging me. So this is, that is right? you're all right. You're okay, very let's right. Go. Let's go. I'm going to give a couple verses of what it actually says, but that was an incredible summary. You did good. <gasps> Thank you. That's one of those verses that I feel like people throw out a lot, but I just wanted to give some depth and context to it because I think it goes a lot right along with what we've been talking about. I don't think a lot of people know why. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And like Mm. what the story is behind that statement. Instead of just saying, God is the sense of joy, but I don't feel full right now. So what do I do and go get that joy? You know, like it just, the statement alone doesn't really give you much. Right. And I think when you, when, before I'd heard the story, when we'd done Mm -hmm. the podcast, I didn't realize it was around such harshness. Mm Mm-hmm. Because when you hear that verse, I think, oh, it's probably a day psalm and he's happy. Yeah. And, you know? It does. It sounds very like happy, put it on a coffee mm. mug, just encourage your friends with it. Yeah. That's how I had always heard it used. Mm. So, like you had said, Nehemiah was in exile and God told him to return to Israel and to rebuild the temple. The wall around Jerusalem is what they started with. Then they started rebuilding the temple as well in the middle of Jerusalem. But they started with the wall because some people had not been exiled out of Jerusalem, they were still living there. And the outside nations were attacking them because most people had been exiled. Mm -hmm. So there was not many left to protect their area and their wall was getting all beaten up and destroyed. And they couldn't really protect themselves. So Nehemiah went to the leader of the place where he was exiled and his name is Artaxerxes. I don't think I'm pronouncing that right, but that's his name. In case you want to know. Mm -hmm. He went to the leader and God had already prepared the way for Nehemiah. So he was just like, yeah, you can go and I'll send you money and I'll send you people and tools and help and all this stuff to rebuild your city's wall. And so he sends him. Well, after he got there, the people that were there kind of came on board too to help rebuild the wall. But the outside cities kept attacking because they didn't want them to rebuild the wall. So, right. They couldn't really go in there and loot your stuff if you rebuilt the wall well and had good security. Like you had said, they're still facing a lot of opposition to this. So they had gathered together. The prophet at the time for Israel was Ezra. And Ezra came to Nehemiah, was working with him. And they found some old scrolls of scripture, like Moses' day kind of scripture. And they decided to read them to the Israelites who were gathered there and working on the wall. So in verse 8, it says, They read from the book of the law of God and clearly explained the meaning of what was being read, helping the people understand each passage. 
Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were interpreting for the people said to them, Don't mourn or weep on such a day as this, for today is a sacred day before the Lord your God. For the people had all been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. And Nehemiah continued, Go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks, and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Literally, the joy that he's talking about is coming from getting to read God's word for the first time mm. in a long time. Like These are people who have been attacked. They've been exiled. There was no longer any more religious ceremonies where the word was getting clearly read to them every Sunday, you know, like mm. every Sabbath. And all of that had broken down. The priests and Ezra, the prophet, had kind of been wandering around the area. So these people just hadn't consistently heard God's truth. And now it was being read to them, and they were just mourning at how overwhelming it was to hear about all these laws that they hadn't been keeping that they didn't know about and these sacrifices and like the distance from God that that created when they weren't able to sacrifice for their sins and so then to have Nehemiah come to them and say like no this is good this is the word of the Lord like you should be rejoicing in this and let's have a feast and like you yeah know? so it's I mean like you were saying and there's more depth to it than just God is our strength you know or the yeah. joy of the Lord is our strength like it's just not a flippant phrase like it is very deep and intense time for these people who had been attacked a lot and had been overtaken and their city destroyed and finally they're hearing god god's word again read and interpreted and explained to them mm. and nehemiah encouraged them with like this is good this is this, this is your joy yeah. right here is god's yeah. word that goes back to philippians when, when paul was saying um jesus is your joy mm. the word is joy. the word and the world with jesus around you is your joy yes absolutely mm. Because everything else is just not stable. No. That fullness in your soul, like nothing you have, it's no blessing, fleeting. no human relationship can bring you that stability Mm-mm. because it just could disappear anytime. Mm-hmm. Like Job. Like That's Job. why Job's a good example. I like Job. Poor guy. I would not do what he did. Mm-hmm. One more quote. <laughs> I have lots. This is Jack yeah, Packer. I read a lot of good books recently. This one says, We are cruel to ourselves if we try to live in this world without knowing about the God whose world it is and who runs it. The world becomes a strange, mad, painful place, mm-hmm. and life in it is disappointing and an unpleasant business for those who do not know about God. Disregard the study of God, and you sentence yourself to stumble and blunder through life blindfolded, as it were, with no sense of direction and no understanding of what surrounds you. This way, you waste your life and lose your soul. Mm. J.I. Packer. Have you noticed a connection between your feeling of deep inner peace and joy and a hunger to know God even more? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that goes back to yeah. us saying, as we get older and closer to God, we know our joy comes from Him and we feel more joyful right. and full when we're intentionally seeking Him versus looking at the world. Because I was that person constantly looking at the blessings and mm-hmm. trying to... And you just want more and more and more, and then you just feel like crap, and you're so self-centered, and then everything just falls crap. Mm -hmm. But if you look at it the way God made it, and you look at Him as your joy, you are happy to live in a world as a Christian. Yeah. Like that other guy said. (laughs) Whatever that other quote was. (laughs) It's so true. I think it's so tempting to bite at all the little things that the world says will make you happy. And Mm -hmm. it's almost like you have to do some of that to experience how shallow that happiness is mm-hmm. to then realize that God can do so much more for you. Absolutely. Um, 
but that is like, kind of like you were saying that that is definitely what I've experienced in life when I've gotten off track is just trying to pursue too many shallow things trying to be happy and then realizing that none of them help no if anything they suck the joy out of yeah you. they just make you more tired of like trying to achieve which mm-hmm. we said earlier like you can't achieve joy right the holy spirit has to work it up inside mm-hmm. of you and make it overflow so when we try to go get joy that's why it doesn't work it's because right. it doesn't right. come from us no. or something we can find on earth um but i it was in the, i don't remember what book this was in but it was several years ago i read about this idea that the author was just sharing too often we nibble so much at things of this world that aren't really fulfilling but they're fulfilling just enough that we're not hungry anymore and so then we don't go seek god because we're not so desperate that we desire god you know how you hear some of those conversion stories where people are like i absolutely hit rock bottom and i saw no other option so i called out to god and i was like if you're real answer me you hear that right right and i think that's where that comes from they didn't they had nothing else to nibble on. Yeah. And they finally felt that hunger so deep and then they called out to God. I think a lot of times we have so many things to nibble on that we don't feel that hunger. Right. And so we don't go to God. But something we just talked about in Sunday school, we talked about this very subject. And he said, the weird thing about God is that the more you hunger for God, the more hunger you get. Mm. Whereas when we have physical hunger, if we get hungry, we go eat something and it goes away. But with God, it's the opposite. The more you get of him, the more you want. Yeah. But if we never go to him and we never feel that hunger, we don't feel the intensified hunger. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we almost have to take the discipline and make the choice to go read God's word and to go dive in. Because once yeah. we dive in, the hunger will show up and we'll want more and more and more. But if we never go do that and we just keep nibbling on the things of the world, yeah. we may never have that deep hunger for God. Right. right. Because with the things of the world, we get nibble, 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 and then eventually we hit rock bottom you're like okay please help me yeah you know? like I have nothing else um, to nibble right. on <laughs> but then but it never fills our hunger mm-hmm. so we keep going back at with an empty slate every single time we're nibbling at these little things yeah and it's given us just enough fullness mm-hmm. to last for a little bit a little and bit then you want yeah. a little more but when you go to the word and you go to God and you truly hunger after him you never get completely full it's just like widening up your stomach yeah, it you does more and more and more and more mm-hmm. And that fullness of joy is never full. Yeah. It's so true because I think God is so big and so multifaceted that if we see one new thing in a story we've read 10 times and we're like, oh, wow. Yeah. Then we read something else and we see another little facet of who God is. And it's like you can do that your entire life and it will never end because God is so big. But if you never start to see those little sides, you won't hunger for more. Mm -hmm. You have to get in there and get dirty and then be like, oh. Yeah. This is so cool. Right. Right. <laughs> but right. it's like someone else can't give that to you. You have to dive right. in yourself. But I do think that's interesting how it's not the same as the hunger we feel in our physical body. It's different mm-hmm. with God. Yeah. Well, that's all we have for today. All we got. <laughs> you know, I shared all it. the quotes I have and that's all. I have no quotes <laughs> because my my um, reading ability is shallow currently. I understand. That puppy, I feel like it takes up a lot of your energy. Yeah, he does good until people come or I haven't opened the door in a while. And it's like, oh, mom, 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 there's someone here. Mom. That's okay. Just wait till you have kids who physically say, mom, hey, mom, hey, mom, hey, mom, hey, mom. And we're like, I'm going to let you go see Aunt Allison and stay with her for a week. Okay. But then you can't bring back. No, big gives backs. Oh, no, Tixie's backsies? Nope. Oh, no. 
All right, well, let's pray it out. Okay, go for it. Hey, God, we thank you so much for your word and the power that it has and that we can talk about your word over and over again and still have new things to talk about. Um, It's just a facet of who you are and an aspect of your character that is so cool and so mind-blowing for us as people to get to experience you and then realize there's still more to experience. So I just thank you for this conversation we had today on joy and blessings. And I just ask that you would help our listeners to hear this and and you just touch their heart through it, help them to understand that you are so big and and your love for them is so big that you want them to dive in and to spend time with you and realize that there's a never-ending list of things that they can experience with you and that you can show them in our lifetime here on earth. And I just ask that you would bless their hearts and bring deep, soul-filling joy to their lives so that they can know that it, what it's like to be stable and what it's like to feel true joy that doesn't get shaken with blessings disappearing or new blessings coming in or moves or financial situations changing and relationships ending or people passing away, but that you are just greater than all of those things and you bring so much more to us than anything this world has to offer. We love you so much in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.